Okay. <clears throat> so here's my question for you guys. You went to Comic-Con, and then you sent me this cryptic fucking video. <laughs> so what you got to tell me? Well, we're, we're, we can cover it. We're going to cover it. Okay, we, all right. start the episode, actually. It started. <laughs> we have started already. Welcome to Buckkeep Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 9, Royal Assassin, chapters 29 through the epilogue, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Eli, a rereader. I'm Jenny, a rereader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. So corrections, omissions, and announcements time. Uh, sorry for my voice. I lost it at Comic-Con. Uh, but I did want to say thank you to Thermochemical Charges and Jess Loves Fool for their five-star reviews. They love Yay. us! Thanks, guys. Yeah. Um, and also, shout out to Joni and Jamie for their listener mail. But due to the nature of your emails, you're going to have to stay tuned to the spoiler section for our responses. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll never know how good your emails were, but they I appreciate were them yeah. less. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yes, sometimes sometimes we get spoilery emails, therefore Ashley doesn't look at them. The only thing that I did get to know about it was Buttitch, and I'm there for it. <laughs> Buttitch is a great Buttitch. name. It's very in Buttitch. Buttitch. Uh, and then before we start, uh, I did promise that we would talk about the panel at, from New York Comic Con. So Robin Hobb had a 25th anniversary panel uh, where her editor spoke to her about writing, you know, the books. Um, uh, and it was actually very illuminating. And since I have no voice, someone else can describe it. <laughs> um, um, Eli? <laughs> <laughs> well, there You're was... There. So, I, I... Personally, what I thought was really interesting was she was talking about her childhood and how that sort of... Um, Influence things in, influence some of the writing. Um, uh, apparently, she used to live with her family in California, and then they moved because they weren't learning enough life skills. They moved to Alaska. Yeah, her parents wanted her to be more self sufficient. Yeah, so they moved uh, to a cabin in Alaska drastic. and <laughs> an unfinished what? cabin in Alaska yeah. where they, they had to learn yeah, how the, to do electric no. stuff and like make fires and and put the roof like, on and, and like do electrical work and hunt and God, i read a, i read a book once about a woman who did this with her family she moved them to the appalachian mountains and they like no had to trade with their neighbors for like wool and shit and yeah no thank you but it makes it's it's there's like so much of that was like oh, okay i understand a lot of like the details in her books now. Yeah, she like also you talked can, about you could really get like the the details of the hunting aspects with Night Eyes because she was talking about well we wouldn't have eaten if we hadn't killed this <laughs> moose and you know learned how to clean it. And yeah, it was really mm. cool. Does she really know Does a shit ton about like herb remedies? <laughs> well, she I has know. her gardens and stuff in the farm, and I yeah, I think so. She also talked about where she moved after uh, she got married and how that sort of volcanic landscape was similar to how she, uh, I guess, pictures Buckkeep in, in that area. Yeah. So that All was right. cool. Um, 
the thing that was the most illuminating for me was a very pointed comment where people, <laughs> maybe I'm imagining it as more point. I'm sure I am. Uh, but she, somebody asked like about her favorite characters to write. And um, she said that it was surprising to her that people didn't like Molly. Uh-oh. How was she surprised <laughs> she, by this? That she had heard that people didn't like Molly and she found that very surprising. <laughs> and then she was like, Look at you, bitch likes her. Oh. Oh. Yeah, and then she was like, as long as I wrote Fitz to like her, that's all that matters. <laughs> she acted like she wanted to say more and didn't. So I yeah. don't know. It was like, it, you, you definitely got the uh, uh, the feeling that she was a fan of Molly. So if you're a fan of I Molly, would like to hear know her that Robin Hobb is also a fan of Molly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she didn't do her much justice, but okay. <laughs> there was a great question uh, that came from... So the the audience was really, really great. And the Q&A, instead of being a terrible thing to sit through, was actually very thoughtful. So I want to give a shout out to just like the fandom in general for not sucking. Uh, but <laughs> there was a, a person that... Uh, there, and there were also lots of people there who had not read past the first trilogy. So yeah. some of the questions were very oblique. <laughs> Because um, nobody wanted to spoil anyone. But uh, one person got up and said that they had accidentally started reading with the Tawny Man. Or no, no, not the Tawny Man. That fits in the Fool trilogy. Yeah, the- yeah and that then sounds insane. Yeah, that sounds, <laughs> yeah, that sounds insane. You'll understand when we get there, uh, Ashley and Joey. But that they, he read that trilogy first and then thought, I'll go back and read from the beginning. And he said that he, he started thought- with book two, didn't he? Did he? He skipped book oh one. God, there's he a one website that tells you what order to read them in. <laughs> he started with Royal Assassin. He was like, wow, Fitz is really whiny. I hate him. Yeah, oh. and he was basically saying like he hated Fitz. And, and, uh, Which, to Hop- be fair, that starts with him being all like, oh, no, I have tremors. This is the end of <laughs> right. my life. So yeah, I can't get it. Yeah, he's a sad Yeah. Uh, but then Hob was like, well, people grow up and change. Like, you don't start out, like, capable, like. Like Fitz starts out as like a seventeen-year-old dumbass, right? But so. I also really like that he was like, well, you know, he changed and became this like totally different person. And you and I were sitting there going, "No, he's still a moron." No, he's still a moron. <laughs> um, and then uh, she also said that the fool's physicality is based on one of her son's friends from when he was a teenager. Also, the, the sharp, the sharp wit as well. Yeah. Who is now an architect somewhere an architect? in the Pacific Northwest or in Alaska or something? So we could totally find them <laughs> if you want to hire the fool to be your architect. Please. <laughs> um, I did think it was very appropriate that she talked about the scenes that were hardest for her to write, and that they were the torture scenes from the section that we are about to get into. Yep. Yeah, she that she said that she didn't. She she kept trying to avoid writing them, and then the editor came back and was like, "No, you got it. You got to do it. You got to you got to fill this. You in have to for write us. these. You have. We have to live it. It's important that the reader live through it. And they are rough. They are rough. And yeah. then of course the um, the uh, the laughing comment uh, where they asked, "Why do you love to hurt hurt your readers so much?" <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, the whole room laughs like titter titter, and it's like, oh no, <laughs> we're all true. in it together. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that was the what was her was answer from New York Comic Con? Uh, I think she just said that she wrote what she felt needed 
to happen. <laughs> no. She made up that story. There's something to that. Well, the, uh, so there there was another comment about something that will I mean, we'll cover it more in the spoiler section, but it was a question about like why do things not get resolved for this certain situation? And she was basically like, well, that's just life. Sometimes shit happens and it doesn't get resolved and that sucks, but that's how things are. So um, I I feel like there's some definite realism to the, her writing, which is, which is great. And some also not real things. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? Uh, We'll get Um, to them. So let's, let's get into this. Um, So, (laughs) Uh, I liked, uh, well, so we have a note stock that we all look at while we're, while we're talking. And the first, the first note is from Jenny that says, looking at all of these chapter titles together, one after another is pretty rough. <laughs> it is. I mean, it goes, it just gets worse. Escapes and captures, dungeons, torture, execution, both days. Cool. <laughs> it's just, it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, and then I said that, it, or it could be the song list to the next Florence Welch al- album. So, <laughs> you know, either, either way. Um, all right. So chapter 29 is Escapes and Captures. The intro is the history of the formation of the six duchies, emphasizing the cultural political split between the inland duchies of Tilth and Pharaoh and the coastal duchies and how it fed Regal's worldview. During the king-in-waiting ceremony, Fitz realizes that the coastal dukes have all been told about Baron's plans. He's not keeping it quiet. Shade's pocked man omens have made the castle tense, and more omens during the ceremony aren't helping. Fitz has a hard time escaping his not-so-secretive supporters, and once again on the residential floors of the castle, he finds that Molly has left. Desolate, Fitz goes to the king's chambers just before Shrewd and Ketra can appear. And hides behind a curtain, <laughs> waiting. I love that's such a classic <laughs> trick. I love it. Yeah, such a classic Fitz move. I can see your break feet. into your room. <laughs> the fool encourages Wallace to go tell Regal and his party about all the ill-omened torches, uh, but in the end, it's Ketrickin that succeeds in sending Wallace for more wood. Um, she then takes Rosemary back to her chambers, leaving Fitz to shepherd Shrewd with the fool. Shrewd is convinced that he will die that night, and he tries to use Fitz to skill to Verity to say farewell. During the skilling, Shrewd suddenly dies, and Fitz realizes that it's Justin and Serene that are responsible. Night Eyes helps to end their skill attack, but when he returns to his own body, Fitz finds that Wallace has returned just as Shade enters the room. And while Fitz is cradling Shrewd's body, Wallace goes to call the guard. So plans have changed, and Fitz urges Shade to take Ketrick into safety. The fool refuses to leave, but Fitz forces him, and Fitz begins to suffer from the skill attack and his skill use. He takes the king's knife, and since Shade doesn't have any elf bark, he gives Fitz Kara seed and leaves with the fool. <laughs> By then, the guards are arriving, and Fitz begins a chase through the castle. His first target is Serene. He slits her throat while she's skilling. Yo, it ah! was brutal! Brutal! That shit was bananas! <laughs> Justin then, of course, scampers, but Fitz chases him all the way to the Great Hall, where he stabs him a lot in front of all the revelers during the King of Everyone. Yeah, he's attacked by Rubel's guards and uh, is immediately uh, defended by his coastal allies, uh, but during the fight, Fitz is felled. You guys, 
As soon as he took the kerosene and it's like maniacally like, ha, 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 must murder, 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 murder. I'm like, oh my god, what is on drugs is bad. Paris makes you stabby. Yes, it does. Twelve times he said he stabbed him. At least he counted. I mean, I wouldn't have counted. I would have just been like, I stabbed (laughs) definitely a lot. (laughs) It was a bunch. In the great hall in front of everybody. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's like it's like he went berserker, but he was like still within his own body yeah. while it was yeah. happening. Yeah, and yeah, to just like grab uh, Chickaboo's head and knock it back and slit her throat—that was pretty. Like I don't know, but it's all okay, guys. He used King Shrewd's own knife. Yeah, yeah. Why else would he do that? <laughs> and then yeah. tells everybody in the room, "This is King Shrewd's knife." They <laughs> <laughs> right? like, don't know what again, that. The logic not, is so good. He doesn't good. think about things. Uh-huh. He's on drugs. I mean, I like the fact that he knew exactly where to go. He's like, I'm going to go to Galen's room. That's where Serena is. And when he got there, they were just sitting there in chairs, skilling like like babies asleep. And he just, he doesn't even, he doesn't even pause. Just walks up to her and slits her throat. I mean, good for him. He didn't yeah. monologue. Yeah, he's, he's I know, right? actually being an assassin right now. Well, uh, <laughs> well, he's... He's got one. the he's got the motions down. <laughs> I don't know if he has the thought process down, but he's got the motions. Down. He wasn't really thinking at all. I think yeah, assassins get like, like two good stabs in. I don't think they need all twelve. Yeah, I think there was some anger. Behind he was having some he was having some fun. <laughs> Guy was like dead some, like six stabs ago. Yeah. Fitz, you can stop. Like John Wilkes Booth, he probably should have like rappelled down a curtain or something <laughs> before he started he stabbing used the curtain gag. Before he started stabbing, it was almost amusing because, like, the guards were, like, yelling after him. And he was like, ha, as if they could catch me. And he yeah. just, <laughs> <laughs> I've lived here all my life. <laughs> I'll kill whoever I want. Fits on drugs is a lot. Yeah. yeah. He either can't make it upstairs or he's on kerosene and he's just nuts. I mean, it's, I mean, think about the scene, though. It's like he gets there, he thinks he's leaving with Shrewd. And then Shrewd just dies. <laughs> and, like, if you're in the room, right, which it seems like the fool was in the room and Shade was, like, coming into the room at that moment. It's like they both saw this person that they are very devoted to just die in front of them. And they don't understand what Fitz is doing. they don't understand exactly. what's happening. And then, like, Fitz is suddenly, like, kind of making it about himself. And Of course. That's what he does best. Yeah. <laughs> And can I love we... when he, he shakes the fool and he's like, you're going, you're going. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> can we talk about all of Shade's omens? Yes. <laughs> because I love that this is just like, oh my god, this is overkill. Please stop with the And the timing flames. is all wrong. Like, <laughs> yes. They just keep going off and random. And like the the torches outside the king's room and he's like, oh my god, not again. <laughs> Shade doesn't know where people are going to be or where they're going to be looking. He needs to make sure that everyone sees. <laughs> And didn't it say that, like, he did a little extra on himself to really make it look like he was the pocked man? He's got, like, ashes rubbed into his, his pock marks. And yeah. It's like really there's just dirt in his hair. And he's, make it a home run. Make it real believable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was having fun. He cosplayed. Good for him. He yeah, it was, he was doing pock man cosplay. <laughs> why, didn't we, why didn't one of us cosplay? Joey, why were you not cosplaying as the pocked man in yeah, the group? Good Jeez. question. Why am I not, Rachel? Uh, you were at work. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I brought it up. I said I could be a Pac-Man. 
No, you. I said you should be Burrich, and you said no, and that was the end of the conversation. No. But you could have had a sweet, <laughs> sweet ponytail. Yeah. Oh, we did I'd talk about be, our cosplay. We should be, do that I'd at some point. Um, uh, uh, is that all that happens? So I like that his, his <laughs> is that all. <laughs> I, well, I like that Blade is like it's it's un like that scene is really ambiguous because you don't know if Blade is like defending him or trying to yeah. stop him or. Like, he's just there, and he's kind of like, Fitz, I've known you your whole life. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> this is yeah, just, like, so, the culmination so of Fitz. Fitz. Is, Fitz is fighting all of these pharaoh men guards, and uh, he's got his he's got Shrewd's knife, and they all have swords. And then yep. he can see around him and sees that fist fights are breaking out because, like, all of the coastal duchy people think that they're going to rally behind him, right? They all think that he's going to become. Well, they don't know what's. Yeah, they don't know what's happening yet. Yeah, they, they just think that they just see these pharaoh men attacking him, and they see and they think that they're going to put him in charge of Buckkeep. So they sort of join him in this fight, and then Blade shows up and he defuses the situation, but he does it by just like he grabs Fitz. I just feel like this is the culmination of, like, Fitz having all of this knowledge and nobody else knowing anything that's going on. I mean, he is, to be fair, he is shouting what's going on as yes, he's it's just running that It's just trying. that no one, no one has been following along like we have, and so they're just like, what are you even talking about? I mean, he could, I guess he could have tried to, like, skill everyone in the castle, like, this knowledge, but it didn't really occur to he's him. He's not that good. No, I guess he's bad at it. <laughs> he could do it if he wasn't thinking about it. If he was dreaming. Right. <laughs> okay, let's move on to chapter 30 then. Yeah. Uh, chapter 30 is called Dungeons. The intro is just a bunch of common wisdom about the wit that is clearly all bad and wrong. Uh, but the key info is that the witted are hung over water and burned, which we've heard before. So Fitz awakes exhausted from his skill battle as well as drained by the Karis seed, uh, he, and he's also been beaten. Uh, he goes in and out of consciousness, and we experience the passage of time with Fitz as he's imprisoned in the dungeon. And it's more as a series of physical needs, like thirst and pain, blindness, the fuzziness of a head injury. Uh, he hears the occasional voice. Uh, and when he finally kind of awakens, the first real voice he hears is patience. Um and she's sort of distracting the guards with Lacey, and then she ends up coming over to him, and she confirms to Fitz that Shrewd is dead, Ketrickin is gone, the fool is missing. And she also tells him that Birch has not gotten involved, which this sort of confuses Fitz because he expected Birch to have gone as well. Regal has declared that Fitz will be hanged for the murders, but the coastal dukes are insisting on a proper trial. So time passes, and Fitz's only comfort is Night Eyes. Eventually, Regal appears with the Coastal Dukes to prove that Fitz lives and is relatively unharmed. It is apparent that Regal is intent on executing Fitz, but the Dukes want to convene a council. Regal's argument hinges on the fact that Fitz is witted and he killed the king with the wit, and the Dukes want proof, because if he's not witted, they want him installed as steward in Buckkeep. Brondi gives Fitz his cloak for warmth, and then later Fitz thinks that Shade is trying to speak to him through the walls, but he can't make it out. The privation weakens Fitz's walls and he finds himself skilling with Verity. And he, he finds out that Verity is now all by himself. He's alone and he's injured. Um, and he's still up in the mountains. But he's intent on finishing his quest. 
So upon waking, Regal presents a witness to Fitz's wit. It's the girl from Neat Bay who saw Night Eyes, and so Fitz despairs. That little right, bitch. Hod. I'm just sad about Hod. I know! Mm. I was so bummed when yep. I read that. I, that was horrible. Everyone died. All the cool people he took with him are gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I forgot that that happened. That made me sad. Makes you wonder if it's all worth it. All these good people. No more cool knives. Yeah. No more cool knives. <laughs> Hold. Uh, I think this is just sort of like one of those like necessary chapters where you're like, okay, he's in prison. And I think like in any other fantasy series, you would expect them to either start trying to escape or like something else to happen. You don't really think, oh, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. At least he gets a cloak out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like when Shade is trying to talk to him through the walls and he's just like, but I don't understand. I was like, I had a dream that Shade was was yelling at me that I wasn't doing anything right. And I woke up and Shade was yelling at me, but I couldn't understand. And he's trying to like move around his cell and being like, what? What? (laughs) That would have been amusing to watch. But then I'm like, where the fuck was Shade? Was he like, like... (laughs) In the walls. <laughs> but I know he's in the wall, but how does he get into the dungeon? Like, that's... That's just it. Like, he could get in, but he couldn't get, like, deep enough in. He probably hit, like, you know, a dead end somewhere. And it was just like, all right, this is couldn't as good as I could. get out. There's no... He's, like, 50 There's no feet magical away. door into the dungeons. To like, he can't just attach a key to Slink and just be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Shade has wall magic where he can be anywhere in the wall. Can't get out of the walls, but he can be anywhere. You can only see like somebody if there's a painting with a person's face on it. <laughs> as like as depressing it. as this chapter is, I feel like he, they're Robin Hobb is just easing you into the pain. Yeah, because because you know he's still got he's still got his allies outside of the walls. He's still got the yeah. the coastal dukes. He's still got Shade just trying to talk to him, but. He's got patience. He's got patience. Yep. Burrich is sort of like an unknown. He knows that he's around and he knows that Shade's around. But he's kind of like, well, is Shade still in the wall? Is that where he does he have Shrewd in the wall with him? Like, did they leave? Did they not go anywhere? Are they still here? Like, what's going yeah. on? And well, he also, Regal makes a comment about the princess not having her horse. So mm-hmm. he's like, what's going on with them? Is this when he talks to Night Eyes about like. Did you yeah like, like what actually happened? take them to the and night eyes like can't properly convey to no him that's later just, like, oh I thought care. it was this chapter no when they actually talk to each other about like what was going on oh JK okay that's the next one I, I thought know. it was the next one yeah it is okay uh, I can read. um I also like that he starts he starts really thinking a lot about Regal's motivations. And other people's motive. He basically starts having a lot of the thought processes that he should have started having like ten <laughs> chapters ago. <laughs> you know, where he's like, he's "Oh my got god, a lot of time now." Yeah, he's like, "They don't think that Regal's a threat. They're just like, they don't. They just think they're going to waltz in here and get what they want." And Regal like may have made a misstep by like hinging everything <laughs> on the wit. But, like, Regal doesn't care about the law. He's just going to oh. kill me. Like, <laughs> I do like when uh, he realizes he still has his little 
poison pouch in his cuff. Yeah. He's all covered in blood and everything. And it's like, you know what? Been through hell and back, but I still got my little pouch in my sleeve. Yeah. But and- he doesn't want to take that because that would be worse. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, but that uh, wasn't going to be But he knows it's like a super bad, super bad poison. <laughs> but yeah. no, like really, does he ever change that shirt? No. He must- no, he's got one shirt. Have you like seen the cover of this book? Stitching. I think it's like- Have you seen the cover of this book? I know, book? I know, I know. <laughs> it's one shirt chivalry. I just like that like the stitching the on it is such that he can get it open relatively easily but then like it still hasn't come out in all of the tussle he <laughs> fucking stabbed the dude 12 times but that stitch stayed in place <laughs> <laughs> he's a really good sewer okay it's a it's like a assassin stitch you don't know how to do that it's on my side no, i need to practice my assassin <laughs> stitch right on it <laughs> it's like setting 12 on my on this sewing machine that's that's the thing I was missing from my from my costume was the the poison for Wallace. Oh, we didn't talk about our cosplay. I know. Oh, but we'll do it at the also, end. Also, you know what else we found out in this chapter? That that little fucking bitch Rosemary <laughs> <laughs> called it. I knew there was nothing good coming you out called of that it, girl. Ashley. Ashley, you are so observant because I did, definitely <laughs> didn't notice that the first time. Ah, Whereas this time we were, we were reading it and going like, oh, she's everywhere. Yeah. I was just poking oh, her head I, I still have that text where it's like, that little bitch. Who's <laughs> <laughs> this little bitch, Rosemary? All we're, ta- all we're talking about in the spoiler section, half of it is like, oh man, Ashley's really paid attention. She's got it. <laughs> Trying. Yeah, I hope you go back and listen to those spoiler sections. Yeah, I guess I early stuff yeah. after you in, could listen, in five well, years when we're done reading no, all these fucking yeah, books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> listen to them. I was gonna say you should go back and listen. I'm like, no, no I'm not. No, you can't. Yet. <laughs> you can't yet. You and you have to wait till the last trilogy because we talk a lot about what we think your reactions will be to that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Also, we're very wrong all the time, so maybe don't yes. go back at all. We're getting more right as we remember more stuff. Yeah, sure. Because we're reading more stuff. <laughs> anyway. I do like that Fitz was like, fuck, Rosemary. And he's like, well, it makes sense. Like, they started training me when I was a tiny little kid. And she's also a tiny little kid. So. Yep. Murder children. Yay. <laughs> I mean, children should earn their keep, you know, don't you think? Yeah, children who murder or murder children. <laughs> Both. Do you think she was being trained as a spy or an assassin? I guess she was putting boot black on shit. Yeah, I mean, she fuck yeah, she slicked up that step to try to hurt Petrickin. Yeah. So that's like intro to murder. <laughs> intro to but, murder by doing murder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like not who, stabbing or poisoning. It's more like it was who was teaching her though. Was Booby Regal trapping one hundred and one. Well, either Regal was her, I mean, Regal was her shrewd, so there's someone else. Are you guys spoiling something for me? <laughs> no, I genuinely don't no, remember. No. <laughs> Shade's walking through the walls and he sees a guy, another guy in the walls. And he's like, yo. <laughs> who the fuck what did you, you get here? I am. Who the fuck are you, guy? There's I another. Basil. I feel like I'm Regal has the personality that he thinks he could probably teach her. You know what I mean? Well, and he's known he's, to he pro- be he prob- charming slash conniving. And a little girl is probably like, "Yeah, let's do this." Yeah, 
No, I don't mean like that. I mean, like, he probably gave her, like, fancy little twirly things and, like, shiny food. objects. She seems to like and food. food. Yeah, like, pretty dresses. You will try to kill the queen or you won't get dinner. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably. Um, so Fitz's depression is sort of, like, becoming a thing again. Remember when he used to get, like, sad about stuff? How could we forget? He doesn't even have any elf bark. He doesn't have any elf elf bark, but he's kind of falling into those, into, I mean, I don't know. I think I would also be depressed if I was in jail. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got a reason now. No. But yeah, you know, he does have every reason to think that he might get out of this, but that doesn't really seem to be, he, he's, he's very confident that no matter what happens, Regal's going to get his way. So should we move on to chapter 31? Yeah. Torture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so chapter 31, torture. The intro is a bit of the willful princess and the piebald prince and the possible introduction of the wit into the farseer line. So Night Eyes interrupts Fitz's pondering death to let him know that he has this quill stuck in his face. And Fitz tells him to go to Birch to get it out. But Night Eyes is pretty reluctant. He doesn't want to get repelled at. But during that conversation, Fitz tries to get Night Eyes to tell him why Birch didn't go with Catrican. And it isn't a really successful conversation, but, you know, Night Eyes is trying to confirm that it's like, yes, he did lead, he led people where he was supposed to lead them. And time, so time passes finally, and Will comes to do some damage. Uh, He comes striding down the hallway like a Dementor. Uh, (laughs) Fitz is able to get a glimpse of a white ship before the skill attack commences. Fitz... Uh, puts up his walls, and Will eventually leaves. But then Fitz is left very paranoid that Will is still skilling at him, and perhaps he is. The attacks continue all night before Fitz is brought to a room where Regal and his men are. Regal is super into Fitz being beaten, no surprise, but he thinks that the combination will help Will get into his mind. And from there, Fitz can be made to confess his witted crimes. Quote, what follows is a timeless period for me. I could not both shield myself from Will and defend myself from Bolt battering me. So Fitz gets beaten badly, but manages to stave off Will. During the beating, Fitz's nose is broken and then set poorly. Even through this, Will is unable to breach Fitz's mind. Fitz has ordered Night Eyes to stay away, and Will cannot get Fitz to replicate the wit attack. So eventually, he's dumped back in his cell, broken. Quote, my sole way out of this cell was by dying. And that he remembers the poison is hidden in his cuff again. So then later on, Burrich appears in the dungeon and he's super drunk and yelly and Blade is attempting to placate him. He ends up going to Fitz's cell and he tells Fitz to just lay down and die like over and over again. And he spits at Fitz and he continues his tirade and Fitz tries to apologize and it's like really like heart wrenching. Um, but then he eventually leaves. And immediately after that, Night Eyes starts speaking to Fitz. He's trying to tell him to come away with him, away. Fitz isn't getting it, but he finds what Birch spit at him, and it's a carry me. Uh, it's like three leaves of carry me, I guess. Night Eyes redoubles his efforts to convince Fitz to leave his body. Fitz continues to contemplate suicide and falls into the wolf dream. So when Birch comes and talks to him and is telling him all these things, I started to... <laughs> I got really caught up in the moment. He kept saying to like lay down and die or whatever, but I got caught up in the moment when he told him to like turn into a mouse. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, is this fucker an anamorph? Like, is he going to like, shrink himself into a little mouse and scuttle away? Like, is that what's going to happen here? He's super useful. 
That's a good power. Yeah, I was like, all right, like we're taking big leaps in like his knowledge and ability, but all right, let's see what happens. I guess. So, I as, guess that's so. My uh, new, but I did want to ask my new readers: Did were you like, were you tricked at all by Birch in this scene? No, I knew that he was sending him a message. I just wasn't entirely sure what it was, clearly, because I thought he was going to handle it. <laughs> going to be a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, what, do you, what did you think? Mm, that's a hard no. Okay. Because it seems like Fitz takes it as, like, oh, this is happening. Yeah, like, but Birch Fitz has been through a lot more than I have. So, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And he knows it's just been beaten. Yeah, and he knows how much Burrich really, really hates the wit. But no, straight out the gate, I was like, the only reason he's coming here is to help him. And we know that he took the quill out of Night Eyes' face. Right. Poor Night Eyes going after the porcupines. (laughs) That totally comes up later. (laughs) The fight isn't over until you've won. (laughs) That too. Um. The beating is is rough. so what? It's something, endless. It, it's not even really that long of a chapter, but it feels endless. Yeah, a detail that and I then, think is really important that I think is also a little ambiguous is when he thinks about the he gets like the vision of the white ship. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. When, he's, when he mm. when he uh, sees Will, and so yeah. I think there's two ways to take this. First is the way that Fitz seems to think that it is the way that Fitz appears to take it is that Will was out dealing with white ships, which would imply that Regal knows something about the white ships, which is interesting, but not, I don't think that interesting. The other way I think to tank it is, is Will associated with the white ships, which could be much more interesting. I don't so know. does this go back to the fact that you've been looking for where Will pops up in the story and he wasn't there at, at the at the original training sessions? He just showed up later? Yes. In my head, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, I've not thought that much about Will um, before. But, I mean, it is interesting. I took it as that was what Will was thinking about. Oh, uh, okay. Like, but it's interesting that he is thinking about White, white ships, ships. like that's like, his major no mission one... it's something to do with the white ships and but no one else really... ever sees the white ship yeah and will is skilled enough or at least probably on par with Fitz, that he could he could tell when the white ships are there or not yeah right and because will wasn't at those training sessions it that implies that he he learned mo- probably from galen before or after that I guess well, was he before. just not mentioned? No, he, I thought he, he was, was there. I, he was there. I think. I think. So he he's wasn't supposed to mentioned in the books during those training sessions. I think that but he was he's obviously so, there. I think that yeah, the way that Fitz talks about him, I think that he was there. He's just so unremarkable. Hold on, I can I can open up the up. book on my Kindle and do a search for the word. Yeah, Will. because like Fitz knows <laughs> who his, par- his father invisible. is. Right. He knows who Will's father is, so it's not like Will's new. He didn't appear. He's right, like exactly. One of the, People, I think he just didn't know he was mentioned. in the class. Yeah, okay. I, I just think it's an interesting thing to bring up, especially if like so. Will is clearly the most skilled of Galen's group, right? So mm-hmm. I I just think it, but it's he an was interesting... trained as a 
as he was, I guess, was he trained as part of the coterie or was he, is he separate? I, I think he, he was, was trained as part of the coterie. coterie. He was okay. trained as part of the coterie. I just think that it's an interesting idea that maybe. Um, <laughs> I think, I think. You're wet beast. I, I think that it would be interesting if it was maybe he was infiltrating from whatever the red ship mm. raiders. Uh, like that he came from is. there. I think maybe it was the other way around. Like he had some mission and that was like what he cared about more. He didn't like care as much about Fitz as he cared about figuring out the white ships. Cause we know that they have something to do with skilling because there was that person who was skilling before they fell into the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't like, know. I, I just thought I mean, it was it's, interesting. It's an, to... It is an interesting, yeah. It's an interesting, just like little like white ship, and then like we never get that again. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the, the book, white. I was like, okay, well, that was random. <laughs> so clearly, the next book will focus on that. I don't know. Uh huh. The white ship yeah. was there all along. Or maybe, maybe you just won't get the information ever because Robert Hobb or likes maybe, to withheld maybe, the information. Maybe it'll just never be resolved. Ashley, yeah. what would you do if you never find out? <laughs> I would be annoyed, and I would have to go back and change my view. So I just I did a search of the first book on my Kindle while we were talking about this, and Will is not mentioned in the first book. Ah, mm. uh, so retconned. he was retconned into the he story. Was totally retconned. <laughs> oh yeah, you didn't know I was there because I didn't I want wasn't. you to know. It. <laughs> <laughs> he was just so unassuming that Fitz didn't remember him. He doesn't name everybody, so it's I think it's fine. Yeah, there's just random people. Like. Can we talk about the fact that his nose got broken and then yes. people got pissed off? You noticed and then that I just felt like... that it was important enough to include in my summary. <laughs> I, Jenny, you know when you see movies and they're very real, you guys, and people's noses get broken, they don't like pass out and faint, and then pass out and faint and everything. So I was wondering if he really handled that as best he could. Because he's like, my nose got bro- broken and I passed out. And then, like, he passed out again when they cracked it back into place. I mean, when my nose was broken, I passed out. When did you break he's a your baby. nose? When I fell off a horse and smashed my face through a jump. <laughs> I don't recall this story. I would never have guessed never that my nose was broken. Oh, God. Don't get her started on her nose, y'all. <laughs> Nothing... She doesn't have a bridge. Her glasses don't stay on her face. <laughs> they don't. They fall right off. Um. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know. I did. I guess you had a bridge. Said it correctly. Did Did Fitz's bridge get more pronounced? Because that's what I was imagining. I was imagining like an <laughs> Owen Owen Wilson motherfucker right there. Yeah. So uh, you say that. Uh, pay attention to well, how he's describing. Well, they do say that he gets a sweet, sweet scar down his face. So yeah, uh, my question up. is: Is this scar gonna make him like fucking Superman, where people can't recognize him because he has a scar <laughs> and like maybe a Clark pump in Kent. his nose? Because that's gonna be very annoying. <laughs> um, that is not that's really not, an issue. Yeah, <laughs> spoilers, but uh, spoilers. <laughs> that's not how it's going to work. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, should we move on, or do we have anything else from the torture chapter? Torture. Yay. No, yeah. Cool. I mean, I I think it could have been worse. That's all. 
So in in this chapter, Joey was like, "Where were the hot pokers? Where yeah, they where were the hot pokers and the I mean, tongs?" I'm, 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 he still has both eyes. I well, they His couldn't make him look. Played. They couldn't make him look bad because of the um, Dukes. Right, yeah, they, they were appeasing the other. They dukes. didn't put anything up his butt. <laughs> God. Because that would be rape, and so uh, thankfully Robin Hobb didn't go down that path. Nope. No. I feel like torture you. and rape are definitely on the uh, same. Yeah. Uh, so it's either at the end of this or the beginning of the next section. I think it's the end of this section, this chapter. He, when he notices what the carry me is, he takes out the poison that's in his hand in his cuff and puts it in his hand. And then takes the carry me and sticks it in his sleeve, right? Yes. Is it yes. is that at the end of this chapter? Yeah. Okay. So he's so, yeah. he's like, what do I do with this though? Like, <laughs> so he's just got like poison in his hand in his fist. He's yeah. got two poisons. Now. Well, he's and, got you know, two poisons. He's, he's very uh, aware. But one so. is like one is like <laughs> eat, like you, you you drug yourself to sleep and die, and the other one is like you seizure and bleed out and. Right. I mean, I know what I would take if I were him. Right. But that's <laughs> just my own. Redpill.com. <laughs> um, shall we move on to execution? Oh, yes, yes please. Someone out. else talk. <laughs> I did these, so I'll read them. Yeah. Um, so, chapter 32 is called Execution. The intro talks about Birch's life, uh, how he went from common soldier to chivalry's weapons partner to being in charge of his horses and hounds until he eventually came to oversee the entire stables of Buckkeith. Um, mentions that his grandmother was of slave stock who bought herself free from a Bingtown master by an extraordinary service. I don't know what that means. Um, and his skill with beasts was near legendary even in his own lifetime, in which I went cough hypocrite because I still get <laughs> mad at him for being upset with for his weight use when he clearly uses it all the time. Yeah. Um, so Fitz is still dream hunting with night eyes from his cell. And Nidaz is begging him to come with him and having a hell of a time getting Fitz to understand. Uh, he recalls Burst just telling him to lay down and die, and he wants to trust him. He's not able to let go fast enough, though, and the guards come to get him again. He's taken back to the torture room, and he tries to set his skill walls again to protect himself from Will. Regal comes in, smug as usual, and Will thinks they've done as much to him physically as they can without killing him but is upset that he's still resisting his skilling. Uh, Regal still wants a confession, though, in front of everyone, the Duke's patient, Molly. Will mentions that he hasn't found her yet, and then Regal gets all angry that he's like letting him know that there's that hope. Um, so the beating starts again, but Fitz is super done now, and he just starts monologuing about how Regal killed his father and how he ordered Serena and Justin to do it, and, he, and that Verity is alive and knows everything, even about Will. So... That was all a ploy to get Regal to come closer, and he backhands him, and then Fitz tries to poison him with the poison meant for Wallace, but Will gets in the way, and so he poisons Will instead. Uh, so the guards go after <coughs> I'm sorry. Him, but Regal won't let them... I'm a scream sneezer. <laughs> it's okay. So the guards go after him, and Regal won't let them kill him, um, but he's no longer fit enough to torture, so Regal sends him away. How dare he? Um, so he's back in the cell, and Night Eyes once again tries to get him to leave his body behind. And he finally uses the carry me that Burge gave him and managed to leave himself behind and join with Night Eyes. Dun, dun, dun. So how does he 
not die from the carry me? <laughs> like, is it two leaves of carry me instead of three? Yeah, I mean... In the spit It was two and a half. It was some nice little (laughs) concoction that they made special for this occasion. To, like, make him mostly dead. Yeah. So who do you think made it into the spit ball? Do you think it was, like, it went to Shade and then Burritch? Shade. Slink. Shade. 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 Slink. That was a Slink original. Slink. Slink made it. Well, they (laughs) they gave it to Slink to test it out, and then Slink spit it back up. Right. (laughs) <laughs> they, they stuck a porcupine quilt through it and, and tossed it in. Um, I just think it's funny that like they got Nida. That can you imagine like Burridge trying to talk to Nida? It's <laughs> like tell Fitz, Fitz to come with you, and Nida's just like what? Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just to go back to the last chapter like when Nida's couldn't understand like why he wanted him to confirm things. He's like, that was like three days ago. Why would I remember yeah. anything like, there? <laughs> so I um, did like in this chapter when I, he gets taken back for another torturing and he decides to actually say something. I love the detail where he says that he ran his tongue about the inside of his mouth to free his lips from his teeth. I thought that was just, like, a really yeah. nice detail of, like, where he was at in all of this. Like, dried, his face is probably mashed in, his mouth was just, like, the fucking desert, and he just had to, like, peel <laughs> well, his mouth open. Well, we know it, like, in the chapter so before this, something. like, he heard a horrible noise, and it was himself breathing. Yeah. He's just, like, a... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a show. But I like that... Well, first of all, I'm glad he finally got to use that Wallace poison. Yeah. So, Been good carrying that fits. shit around. I'm annoyed that we <laughs> don't know person, what kind of damage but... he did. Yeah, because yes. it's like, was it the poison or the fact that he got hit in the head? Well, I think that no one knows. where Fitz goes from like being like, he's inevitably going to die to I'm going to fight back is when Regal is talking about how he doesn't just want Fitz to confess. He wants Fitz to... Uh, say that Ketrikin was in on it and say that Patience was in on it and the Dukes were in on it and Molly was in on it. Like, he wants him to condemn everybody, not only that is standing in Regal's way, but he wants him to commit, condemn people like Molly who are just happened to be, you know, associated yeah. with Fitz. Like, he, Regal is just yeah, like, a what is spiteful, he, is he terrible person. Yeah. And I think that sets, I think that sets Fitz on to, uh, you know, a little bit more bravery than his cowering self that he was uh, a chapter ago. I also really like the fact that, you know, she dangled that whole like Molly worry thing. And then immediately it was disproven. Cause like that happens so much. It's like a trope to be like, we got your girl. And then they like go crazy. Well, and like they tried it and then they immediately refute themselves. I was like, thank God. Cause I can't listen to Fitz. <laughs> you know, yeah. going on Lying and on about, about the guilt of like he's not guilty. He doesn't feel guilty about getting anyone else into this. So I just can't stand for him to kind of patronize Molly that way. You know, to just to be like, it's like she made her choice. She got the fuck out. Yeah. Like I don't know. He's not. He's Which not is torturing kind of himself. Technically, what he like he wa- is they in danger. To distance themselves. Yeah. I don't know. I liked when Regal was like, "Oh, he's not like." I can't torture him anymore, so just send him away. <laughs> Very convenient. Yeah, Regal just wants his little petty vengeance on on it's like, Fitz. Oh, this isn't fun right now. 
We also see in this chapter they start referring to Fitz as Changer. We haven't seen that. Right, because like, that's, that's what... That's tells what, uh, him to change, change. And Night Eyes calls him. Then it sticks, the Changer. Right, like and I also cha- just love that they refer to Birch exclusively as heart of the pack now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Even Fitz. Well, Changer was his man name, right? Yes, Changer is his, 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 remember when he got inducted into the frat? Well, but we didn't know it was Changer because they told us it was in some language that you couldn't actually speak or anything. So. But Burrich but, could say it and he said, he said it was Changer. Yeah. Or, well, it wasn't Burrich. We're assuming it was Burrich. <laughs> I think I decided Fitz, it was Burrich. Fitz confirmed that it was Changer, I think. Okay. Yeah. If I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Um... So I like that Night Eyes just like he's desperately again trying to explain that he has to leave his body behind and Fitz is just like, I don't know how. And it's like, well, then just die. And then you can do it. <laughs> just <Cool>. die then. <laughs> Done. I mean, I know that they are, they're not like, as, I know they're not hooking people up to like heart monitors and stuff, but they can't <laughs> tell when someone is still alive. <laughs> Well, but so it's with those really, really deep, deep, I don't know, we've seen it in other movies or TV shows or whatever, when you just... I yeah, get they're it, like they're mostly s- dead. But they don't stiffen, yeah, they trope, don't get rigor right? mortis, so they don't do all Nothing the... Nothing says in here that he had rigor mortis. I, I don't, I don't know, because... Just later. If we, if we, in, in ten minutes or less, we're going to get to uh, a couple <laughs> words that I think are going to... Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, I get that he took the carry me and he fucking died. I get it. <laughs> well, he, he rigored, but he later, didn't mortis. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't rotting. Well, they got to him before he was rotting, but it's... I don't know, man. I don't know, so man. bad that the dogs were like, ugh. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get on to chapter okay. 33. Yeah, let's 33 He's sort of mortis. <laughs> 33 is called Wolf Days. The intro talks about centering yourself and living in the now. So Fitz is a wolf. Um, and he talks about how time is different as a wolf. Nights and days are measured by hunger and filling. Everything is about the hunt. Eventually he gets called back by Heart of Pack, who has just dug up Fitz's body. <laughs> Birch is like, hey, Changer, this is your man body. Come back to it. <laughs> so Night Eyes Changer refers to it as spoiled meat. But eventually Night Eyes lets Let's go, and Fitz returns to his corpse. Birch and Shade then tend to him and make sure he stays awake. You're not dead, son. You're not dead. Yeah. <laughs> Birch calling him son. Yeah. yeah. It got me. It, it was real sad. So, do you I'm guys Mary Poppins, y'all. The, do you guys remember in the animated version of 101 Dalmatians <laughs> when the one when the one puppy is born and then they like rub it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And they, like rub it and rub it's it and trying rub it to, to die. Get yeah. it to like wake up. That's like all I could think of during the oh. scene where I'm like, they're just like rubbing his limbs. They're just like, like I'm like, oh, is that how you cure death? You just rub people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put the soul back in the body yeah. first, you have to and put the then soul you have to circulate. You gotta get it all Okay. I just I assumed it's like when your arm goes numb, so numb that like you can't. <laughs> Like you can't even move it anymore, and you can't feel it, and you just like yeah, you, know, you wake up in the paralysis, night and you're just like 
waving your arm around. Yeah. yeah, that happens to me all the time. Death is a conspiracy. It's death is a con- we just gotta rub each you other. Just gotta you rub it. We just gotta <laughs> rub it. But Night Eyes, Night Eyes thought he was spoiled meat. Spoiled meat. He was yeah. spoiled. That, he was fucking dead. He was, he was rotting. Dead. Yeah, dead-ish, <laughs> mostly dead. I just can't like. He was buried. And they had to dig him up. <laughs> I know. I was like, was he packed on ice? And that's what they're doing. And it's like, no, they said he was like in a hole and a thing. And they pulled him out. So, so the very first it's, time I read this. He refers to John it as Snow. a frozen graveyard. So maybe it was sort of like being on yeah. ice. Yeah. I think it was cold out. Like, okay. Like, I guess we could then assume that maybe he wasn't actually all the way dead. He was just in like a crazy coma. He was in hibernation. He was dead. Yeah. He my, stank because he was peeing on himself. He probably <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Himself. I did think about that. He shot he himself. Hadn't been That's what happened. Forever. And he was still in that shirt. God, so. yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's very it possible been, that like, Fitz was just real gross, smelly. Yeah, already. he was in the dungeon. I mean, it's for like it's like Jorah's yellow shirt at this point, right? Yeah, Jorah's yellow shirt. Because like otherwise. We're getting into a level. Of, if he was actually fucking dead, we're getting into a level of magic that I I, I feel like this book is not. Well, but yeah, they say never. that yeah, he, it's, don't they it's like bizarre. actually this, say that this he isn't was Gideon in like the a stasis that he was not dead. Well, he says later, like you know, they keep telling me that I wasn't dead. Yeah, dead, but he was. I don't know that I believe it. Um, so, I did. Oh, go ahead. When I first read these books. And I got to this point, my thought was, so his soul or whatever was in the wolf. And my assumption was that he was like passed out and basically a forged one in that coffin. That was my thought initially when I first read this. Okay. And so I was like, I was like trying to, trying to also figure out what the hell forged ones were at the time. Right. Right. So that's, that was what the thought process I was going through was um so i think so it makes think they just I th- buried a guy who's yeah i think was he in a coffin i think that like no he was back just now. Hole. Now forged. i think that like it makes a lot more sense if he was not totally dead if he was actually rotting then it does like it's it's hard to it's hard to justify how you were able to hop back into right, the body. Right, because it's not yeah. just Birch that's there. Shade is there, too. So he could have given him kerosene or, like, an epinephrine shot or whatever <laughs> right. to, like, wake him the fuck up. Like, Well, I, but they couldn't just wake up his body because he had no soul or consciousness because that was right, the night but, eyes. But they could once it was back in there. Yeah. Are we hearing, are we hearing a kid? Yeah. Ash was like, attention. <laughs> Woof! <laughs> Does Ash have something to say about? He's like, uh, I know dead how fits. this works. He's like, I know how this works. You guys are all stupid. My cat is like just occasionally body slamming my door, so it may or may not be recording. <laughs> She's super pissed. I locked her out of the room. Let me back in. I only have one eye. Um, at the beginning of the chapter, when they were just like um, giving the wolves perspective when they were out hunting and everything, I did really like. The line where it says, time is no miser when one lives always in the now. I thought that was a really, I don't know. I was such like a peaceful, like lovely comment after we just experienced all of this like mayhem and chaos and brutality. And then to have this be like a refreshing moment of like, yes, we should live in the now and be relaxed and be a wolf. Be a wolf. I mean- can finally go to Ketrickin and be like, hey, I get meditating now. I know how to meditate now. <laughs> 
just have to go be a wolf. So hard, I left my body. (laughs) (laughs) Katie, I finally got it. Ashley and Joey, uh, what are your thoughts on Fitz fucking dying? (laughs) I mean, I don't think that he died. I think that his body was just in hibernation and his soul went back into it. Um, Still not sure like, why the... For all intents and purposes, he died. He, he had a funeral. He did. It doesn't matter. People who disappear have funerals, and then they pop up on an island with a harem of women. I don't know. Like <laughs> some voodoo magic. That's what it is. Um, he had some puffer fish. I do think it's interesting that, like... <laughs> The extension of, I don't know, I think it's, the wit is like him talking to other animals and communicating and doing all of this, but then seeing it be also that he can remove his soul from a body and put it back in, I don't know, just feels like a bit much. <laughs> well, because it, it seems like then the magic really isn't about telepathy, it's more like you understand that animal because you're kind of like, uh, you know, like sharing space with the animal you know like you're sharing minds yeah oh you know what we didn't talk about hold on hold the bus what was we didn't talk about the the story of the piebald (laughs) (laughs) okay i need to go back and revisit that that shit was fucked so we're getting we will be reading the short story there is a short story that was published can't wait uh, about (laughs) These two characters. When Robin Hobb does get into the rape. All right. Stallion rape. <laughs> it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I did like that plug for during the panel when that person asked the question yes. about the, the wit or whatever. And she was like, well, I've written a short story. It's called Little Princess the Final Prince. Little Princess the Final Prince. Please read it. Thanks. Yeah, so we will read that. It is different from the... <laughs> intro okay uh it's like the difference between like a legend and the truth i guess um great that means it's not gonna be as i don't know (laughs) that only means it's gonna be more real and terrifying (laughs) (laughs) um yeah realism (laughs) should we move on to the epilogue sure give us the epilogue hit us with the epilogue so, Birch came up with this whole plan of putting Fitz in Night Eyes' body from a tale told by his grandmother. So they were real sure it was going to work. Uh, <laughs> Last then Fitz... Birch's grandmother sounds Last like a ditch badass. Ever, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Fitz talks about how he lived once more in a man's body and how it took him time to come back to himself. He didn't resume his old life, but let, left Fitz's chivalry in the smoking ruins behind him. Only Birch and Shade knew he had not died. Officially, Regal had killed him. He died in his cell a day or two after his final beating. The Dukes were upset, but Regal had enough evidence of his wit magic to save face, so they witnessed Regal's coronation and allowed Lord Bright to take over Buckkeep. Only Patience and Lady Grace had stood by him and requested that he be buried whole, which was really fortunate. Um, <laughs> Regal gave up. Him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Regal gave up finally and goes off to Tradeford, and Patience buried him. Um, and then Fitz talks about how the duchies were crumbling in the months to come and the raiders possessing good harbors almost at will and how forgings were flourishing. And then Fitz goes off following his queen and seeking verity. Hard days followed, which will be the next book. 
And then he says, sometimes he's still tempted by life as a wolf. And I liked this quote, leave your pain behind and let your life be your own again. This is a place where all time is now and the choices are simple and always your own. Wolves have no kings. Wolves have no kings. Wolves have no kings. Well, those famous Just an alpha. Just an alpha, which apparently doesn't mean shit because you (laughs) just share everything you got anyway. Uh, (laughs) Including your molly. So, you know, I, I really think it's important that we talk about the fact that, like, you know, this is a middle book. So we're in, like, the Empire Strikes Back kind of territory where all things seem lost at the end. You know, our character has officially died. Uh, you know, he doesn't have his identity anymore. Everyone he loves except for two people who haven't really... I mean, they have been there for him, but he has a stressed relationship with both of them, are the only people that know he's still alive. Uh, and he's off, uh, and he's going to go, what, find Verity? And all he knows about Verity is that he's alone somewhere, injured in the woods, yeah. uh, you know, or up in the <laughs> mountains. Like, this is like the, this is the bad time. This is the low point. Uh, hard days and I, I think that it's important that hard days followed. And I think it's also <laughs> important that we see how easy it is to defeat Fitz. It's, it's, it's necessary, I think, for the hero's journey to know that it's hard to win. I mean, we've definitely known it's easy to defeat Fitz because he showed a lot of examples <laughs> of not being at the he top of the game. He defeats himself. <laughs> Nobody kills me. I kill myself. <laughs> Several times. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. It's kind of sad that, like, Regal already had, he had enough evidence to condemn Fitz. He already had it. He was just beating the shit out of him for his own sake. Because he wanted to confess. I like that eventually Regal's just like, whatever, and then just, like, runs off straight. Yeah, he, like, gets bored with it and just goes... Not so a lot what's of resolution the, uh, in this the, in this book. Yeah, I guess that goes back to what you're saying of being a middle book. Yeah, We're just no. like I mean it is it's the middle. Yeah, we got yeah. nothing. But I remembered something else from the panel. Oh yeah. What? That that when she first started writing the book that Verity was supposed to be the main character. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> and the, Which but, is fascinating but to Fitz me. spoke to her. Fitz wouldn't shut up. I think wasn't another with the fool. I also like that the fool was the same way, right? I also like that she said that she was writing letters to her daughter in college in Fitz's voice (laughs) voice. on accident, and like using his his speech patterns and stuff, and being like this vocabulary. That's weird as shit. (laughs) (laughs) That is weird. That is like wolf fucking Molly weird. Well, I think it's just like I think some writers like you know they talk about their characters like they like are people that just like rise up and like take over Living their bodies their and write brains. their stories down. Yeah. Well, she, I also liked that she talked about how like the first part of the story that she came up with was the magic being addictive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think it's interesting the fact that, you know, we followed Fitz now to his sort of death, but like Verity's off like doing whatever and now he's going to find Verity. But if Verity was supposed to be the original main character, it's just... 
be a very different story. Well, like, I guess it would be ending where Verity had lost everyone and Hod had just died yeah. sending him. And he's, like, alone in the mountains, like, knowing that his whole his whole kingdom is being taken and his, and his wife is on the run. Like, that's where it was ending. So still super sad. Still super sad. Yeah. This idiot got himself killed. Yeah, and his nephew, his, like, strange, useless nephew. <laughs> Could you imagine died. this all being written from Verity's POV and just being like, oh, that fits again? <laughs> I feel like you've oh, said that it. before. Haven't you Haven't you said you wanted to, like, see the story from Verity's point of view? I, I, I think that would be have. very interesting I I because have. I don't get it. Would it would be. I don't get Verity's <laughs> point of view. I don't, you don't get Verity? <laughs> I always liked Verity. I like him too, At but at times like, I feel I like he's kind of just as bumbling as Fitz. But yeah, I mean they're related. In different ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like uh, he's it, kind it's of sort oblivious of remi- to a lot of things. That's because he's always in his tower stealing. Right. I mean, there's other stuff happening. Like shades out. He doesn't have walls to live in anymore, right? Like he was in the room when Shrewd. Shade would also be an interesting I Got to let it show. I got trapped in the walls and I was in the I'm not trapped. Where he's not He was in the room. Wallace saw him, like multiple people saw him. Like is he even able to go in the walls? They all think the pocked man, like I don't know. Like I feel like do, like him. Shade's position is it like it's you know tenuous. It's, it's tenuous. Like what's Burridge doing? Like why who the fuck is Burridge's grandmother and why <laughs> was she a slave? How did she gain her freedom? How does she know all this stuff about witted people? Like because she was witted. Yeah, he had to get it from somewhere. Probably. Was she witted? Yeah. I don't know. I'm interested to see yeah, where they take uh of- corpse fits. <laughs> I mean, because people are he looks, because he looks so much like his father. Like, how could they possibly travel and have people not recognize him? And if he says he wants, people don't know what show. I mean, I mean, it, I feel like throughout the all the last two fucking books we read, everybody talked about how much he looked like his fucking dad. Well, now he's half dead, so. Now he's got a broken nose, Ashley. This is what I'm saying. If this Superman shit has glasses off, it's gonna fucking drive me crazy. He's also he's also gonna have a white streak in his. Oh well, that changes everything. Wait, spoiler. So when I go gray, you guys won't recognize me anymore. Exactly. Not at all. If you were if you were wondering who's this man on the cover of the next book, who needs the witness protection program when you can just break your nose? Can we talk about the cover from the next book and the versions that I have where he's just like holding the sword by the blade? Like mine looks very normal, but I have (laughs) wait. Is is he? He's holding. Well, he's holding the handle, and then he's also holding it at the blade, and then it just cracks me up. No, the fits on mine is hair is carrying an axe. No, yeah, I'm going to there's uh, something scaly in the background, like a dragon tail, and he's holding an it's axe. It's also really dragon. confusing because mine says Assassin's Quest by the author of Fool's Assassin. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like, am I reading the right no, book? Yeah, I'm like, no, this is mine, the- <laughs> Rachel, we have the same one. It says author of Fool's Assassin, 
And then, yeah. And I don't see a gray streak in his hair. His hair is Dude. dark and blowing it's, in the wind. It's not. Ashley, but... Ashley, see in the very, very front? Where, where the light, light is reflecting off the front of his entire face and not just his hair? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys get the picture? Hold on, let me pull it up. Um... Readers, we've received a text. Or listeners, we've received a text message. Hold on. <laughs> What year is this from? Like 1969? Oh, right. This is Frodo. This is when he's Frodo. <laughs> but he's holding Frodo the plane. Why is he That's, holding that yeah, is, you're not that is the one that, that I have. Yeah. So there is a dragon. Now we have dragon. Oh, wait. No. I'm sorry. Uh, listeners, at the same exact time that uh, Jenny just sent us the, this cover, I received the cover of Assassin's Apprentice from another friend. <laughs> Wow. With the and, and it says and it says my journey begins. So I was really confused. Frodo's on that one. Now I'm looking at the right one. He's holding the blade because when you used to when you fight with these types of blades, uh, you don't actually swing the swords all that much. It's really more about wedging your sword into like a chink in the armor and like opening them up. So that's he looks technically dumb. how you, guys you have... hold it, but it does. Looks it looks stupid. precarious. Because it, it's pure. <laughs> Yo, who's riding that dragon, though? <laughs> Do you guys have the purple and pink royal assassin book? Which has got to be by the same same illustrator. Oh yeah, with the oh, yeah. with the yeah. So with the open chest. So is do we think that do we think that that is fits like right straight out of the grave? <laughs> Is that why his face looks kind of dead? Is that why all of his clothing is just rotting away? <laughs> oh, well, he's telling us that he's the royal assassin oh, cover yeah. because it's just magical. It's epic. Yeah, movie. why is it's that shirt? His like, God, <laughs> who's the clothing lady? We need some new clothes, Mia. Mr. Stacy. <laughs> yeah, she thinks he's dead she now. Be though. So embarrassed. Do you know what? He didn't even ripped. get nice funeral clothes. He looks clothes. like he's turned into a werewolf. Okay, it says the same thing clothes. on this Assassin's Quest from the author of Fool's Fate. What the fuck? <laughs> it's like the publishers are deliberately trying to get you to buy the wrong <laughs> stuff. Yeah, they make more money. <laughs> oh, That's why Fool's that guy's... Like, I didn't read Fool's Fate yet. Let me go read Fool's Fate. You'd be so confused. So confused. Author of Assassin's Quest. Author God, if you Cole's think thing. if you think that Assass- Royal Assassin is fucked up. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't well, wait. Well, <laughs> I've already started the next one. I'm mm. on chapter one. I'm like halfway through it. It's, you know. Oh, okay. Things okay. are getting lit. He hasn't talked about his crooked nose yet? Uh, <laughs> he just looked in a mirror for the first time. So, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that scene is, my nose was crooked and I had a white streak. <laughs> I just no think spoilers. we remember him mentioning the white streak. Sorry. Anyway. Sorry. Spoilers. Okay. Uh, let's go on. So uh, every episode prompts, friends in high places, character introductions, and exits. Lots of exits. Um, <laughs> a lot of exits. I mean, goodbye, Fitch Chivalry Farseer. He's gone. Now yeah, we have God. Corpse Fitz. Yeah. Can't wait. Change Goodbye, Hod. Goodbye, Justin. You got stabbed 12 times. Bye, Serene. Y'all, when he he grabs Serene and pulls her neck back and whispers, surprise, (laughs) and then slits her throat, (laughs) that's when it's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) This bitch is crazy. It's like Kerosene is just a comedian. He's just like, I'm just gonna be sassy and be great. 
Fitz could use a little uh, more yeah, self-esteem. It's, it's, it was <laughs> disturbing, but very nice at the same time. It's like when you have so a friend who drinks and then all of a sudden they're like sassy and fun. It's very it's like, John oh, okay. Crichton. <laughs> yeah, it was a little John Crichton-y. So he needs, I think he needs Kara Seed to have self-confidence. Yeah, if you, like, if you like Fitz on Kara Seed, you'll love John Crichton in Farscape is all I'm saying. Um, yeah, and then Shrewd died. Shrewd, I think we all knew that Shrewd wasn't long yeah. for this well, world. They set the tone at the beginning yeah. of the book. He had some kind of cancer. Yeah. Plus people draining him of his skill. Okay, so next is of his skill for like long, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Well, so that was kind of one of the Doing questions that, that I actually horrible. had was like, so did he have something else? Because I know Fitz said that he could see it in him, but then it's like, was he just seeing these other two leached onto him? Was it really a combination of the two things? or was I think he was sick and them? they used that as a cover. I think he was sick and they used it as a cover because they just said that he was just declining so rapidly. Right. So. Okay. I don't think Justin is um, serene were noteworthy Fitz. enough to to warrant any. Uh, like, yeah, they didn't really have the ability to I, I think him. they were, yeah. they're, they're like no, literally, no. leeches are probably the best description of them. Yeah. Like. Little parasites. Oh, they suck. Uh, okay. Um, skills acquire. What what skills did Fitz acquire? Stabbing. Dying. Section? He got really good at stabbing. Stabbing. Really dying. good at stabbing. Dying. Dying. Yeah. He's the best at dying. Taking some blows. I mean, honestly, he learned how to become a human punching bag. Mm-hmm. True. Thinking about his opponent's motivations. That's an important it's... skill that he should have learned several chapters ago. <laughs> but yes, a couple yes. books ago. But yeah, several <laughs> books ago. <laughs> um, what about what about um def- the defending himself against Will? That was a pretty good exercise. Yeah, yeah. He's good at the skill walls. Mm-hmm. And except when he's dreaming about Molly, but wasn't doing that here. Otherwise, uh, Will just would have been hit by, like, red skirts, and he would have been like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah, I mean... The red skirts! He learned how to die. He learned how to turn himself into a animorph soul. Wolf. He did all sorts of stuff. Oh, Jenny... He learned how to go back into his corpse body. What? Jenny, when, I w- when we were at uh, New York Comic Con on Friday, I was literally looking for red skirts, like, most of the... <laughs> Most of the day, just I know I didn't really see. I any. didn't see any. I was going to point them out if I saw some, but I was I was on the lookout. Apparently, Ashley, red skirts are us. not super oh gosh, to wear. I know. You could have been Molly. You could have been Eileen Molly. Already was like, why weren't you there? I'm like, because I got a lot going on. <laughs> I went I went to a, two cons this year. That's got to be good enough. No, I can't be like Eli and go from one to seventeen. Yeah. Well, no, we can't all be Eli. He stepped it up. He's like, I went to a con. Now I go to all cons. <laughs> it's an addiction. Every month I'm at a con. I've got the skill addiction. <laughs> well, you live in the middle, so you can, like, get to them. He lives in the now. I live in the now. Lives in the now. <laughs> okay, animal assists, our favorite animal friends section. That is I super helpful. Carding around Fitz's consciousness and everything. Yeah. Yep. That's about it. Yeah. 
Learning how to communicate. He was he was a very good male sister. You guys, yeah, he was. He no was dogs died in the making of this book. It's <laughs> true. Such a drastic change from the first book. Maybe. Did yes. we did we not, address not, the not the illustration in Assassin's Apprentice in the in the illustrated oh, version what? that we got? Where <laughs> oh god, where, so, where the oh <laughs> yeah with nosy. It's the last Nosey's illustration death. in the book. And it's Fitz wet on, it's from above, and it's Fitz wet lying on his back next, like, you know, presumably next to the big hot tub or whatever. And Nosy <laughs> is lying on top of him dead. Oh, that's brutal. It's horrible. Brutal. I mean, it's beautiful, but it's horrible. I mean, Fitz has really nice curls. But and Nosy looks exactly like I expected Nosy to look, too. Yeah, just like a yeah. hound. Poor yeah. little buddy. So, uh, was the fool there, and how creepy was he being? The fool was there very briefly. He was very upset, because he felt like Fitz killed the king. (laughs) And then... Yeah, that was Yeah, so, but he was, you know, last uh, podcast, those chapters, he was extra, like, very pathetic. And I feel like that carried over into this section as well, because obviously he was very upset that the king died. I'm worried for him, though, having to travel on horseback in the snow if he made it. Like, he's a fragile little bird creature, and I'm just, I, I worry for him. I'm like, I don't know if I'm he's I'm glad that we've reached travel. the point in in the series where you're worried for him rather than just being like, he's creepy and has chiclet teeth. I mean, he still is creepy <laughs> yeah. and has chiclet teeth, but I'm worried about come, his We've survival. come a long way. <laughs> we've come a long way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, uh, Fitz Misery the Bastard has a moment. Heroics, tantrums, and extremely bad decisions. I feel like... I said oh, I... I was just going to say, I said I felt like this was peak Fitz having a moment. Because Fitz on Kerasi is a lot. Yeah. I, and I really like this I gift. feel like it was both a tantrum <laughs> and a heroic moment. <laughs> like, and extremely yeah, bad decisions. like him stabbing somebody <laughs> 12 times. Like, decisions. yeah, you killed the bad guy, but like, yo, that was a, definitely a tantrum. <laughs> like... He didn't have to take the king's knife and go on a stabbing rampage through the castle. He could have murdered them later on, quietly, in their sleep. Straight berserker. <laughs> like an assassin. Yeah, like an assassin. <laughs> Straight berserker. Sir, do you know what you've been trained on for all these years? Nope. Nope. Don't know. <laughs> uh, my next section is, but did you die? Important events and predictions about what's coming up. Yeah. This is the reason this category exists. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, the only reason. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Yes. Uh, and then I put, does Fitz's body not need oxygen? <laughs> he might have been getting some leached through the soil or something. <laughs> yes, he became a plant. Yeah. Remember that episode of Bones when they get like, buried in the like car to the answer. ground and they stab it in the tire and breathe the oxygen from oh the tire? My God, that's tire? the best episode of Bones! That is so good. That is the best episode. That murderer was really good, but. That was a we great digress. season of Bones. And then it got so shit after that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so I like Jenny's answer that let's we just assume that Shade rigged something up to inflate his lungs every now and then and that Slink helped. <laughs> Obviously. Just went down. We didn't see Slink this whole grade. time, so he could have been doing anything. He was just keeping everything else together. Yeah, Slink. Yeah, he's running the kingdom. Someone has to. Yeah. <laughs> he's keeping an eye on uh, Bright. What made you cry? I did not cry. I just can't stop looking at this gift. You didn't <laughs> I cry? I did not cry. 
did anybody else cry? No. Uh, I got a little choked up when when Birch spit on him. Oh, I just thought that was nasty. <laughs> that was a lot. I me. thought it was over the top because I knew Birch was just trying to send him a message, and I'm like, really, really, we had to be spitting on people's faces, talking loogies on faces. <laughs> That's rude. It's assault to the yeah. guards. Did he just like? Did he actually like drink a bunch of brandy before he went? Because he has a oh, high tolerance. Oh yeah. Or did he sure. just like soak himself sure. in brandy yeah. anyway? No, I think he was fully. No, brandy. I think he's. He just dumped some on himself just for extra measuring. Probably both. I just like that he decided to go in and do it. Like, he couldn't just stand outside the window and scream, just lay down and die. Because that would have been, like, more random and weird. He had to go (laughs) in. Uh, Did Fitz suck? (laughs) I said he was not a great multitasker. (laughs) Joey's custom. uh... (laughs) Because he died. (laughs) (laughs) But that... But, you know, Joey, before he died, he was really holding his own against Will. He did. He did sure. a good job. But and he got He died, but he did position. come back to life. Yeah, and he inexplicably came back to life. Like, I don't have that power. <laughs> I think he was he, doing Yeah, great. I was going to say, he definitely had help. <laughs> All right, anything else you want to talk about? For should, we, the- should we talk about our cosplay officially? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's talk about it. Someone else talked because my voice is just going. Um, well, we did our, our cosplay, so I was Fitz, and Eli was the fool. The fool. I was the, yeah, and the fool that we're reading in these books reading now. Reading about now. The pale fool. And then Alyssa was Amber, who you haven't met yet, Ashley, and uh, neither have I because I haven't read those books. Um, and Rachel was Lord Golden with her lovely wig. And who is, yeah. what book is Lord Golden from? Uh, uh yeah, the Tawny Man trilogy. You, you can tell Tawny me Man what trilogy. book it is. That's not a spoiler. Fool's Errand. Oh, so I have Fool's a ways Errand to go. Is the yeah. First one. Okay. yeah, yeah. Rachel was um, the Tawny Man. Yes. It was the Tawny Man. And uh, so we we walked into the panels, not late, but like everybody else was like, <laughs> Everyone looked at us. <laughs> Make an entrance. Ooh. So we're just like, hey, we're characters, we're sitting down now. Did anybody else <laughs> anybody else in cosplay? No. no. Well, there was a very tall hobbit, but no. There was a very tall <laughs> hobbit. <laughs> right. Eli, did you uh, have Ratsy? I did. I had yes. Rachel's Ratsy. I didn't get around okay. to finishing my own. Um and one person from the signing line recognized us. <laughs> so that's more than last I think time. that they all yeah. recognized us. Yeah, I think they just didn't yeah. take the time. And there was one other guy who stopped Alyssa and I later and said, hey, I didn't get a chance to tell you, but your cosplay was great. Um, oh, cool. That's cool. And we got to meet Robin Hobb again. And her granddaughter took a picture of us with her. Yes, that's... and I have placed pictures on the Instagram at yes. Keep Radio. If you haven't seen them, you can see our wonderful. I we don't we if all you can good job, bear you to look at Instagram with the black background. Fuck, I know I can't get I it stopped. What actually. the fuck that is? But it's I have restarted my phone. I have turned up every. It is blasting light into my eyes, and it, it will not work. <laughs> I do not have dark mode. Um, oh, shout geez. out to that Snowpiercer background for giving yes. us a good backdrop for our photos. Yeah, those really worked. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice. Um, 
And my other favorite moment in that cosplay was when I went up to... So when I bought Assassin's Apprentice, the illustrated version, they gave me a free book. And it was, like, wrapped in a paper bag. And so I was opening it, like, a couple hours later. And I opened it up and I'm like, oh, it's Game of Thrones. Because <laughs> I don't have multiple copies of this book. So I took it back up and I was like, is it possible that I could get a different free book? Yeah. <laughs> like an asshole. I'm like, I just want one that I don't have multiple copies of. And they're like, oh, of course. And so, well, first the one girl there recognized my costume. And so she took a picture of me holding the book. And then, well, this guy went to get other books. And so he comes back and he's like, we just finished the picture. And he's like, have you heard of this Robin Hobb book? Assassin's <laughs> Apprentice. And I'm like... I'm like, I am literally holding the book in my hand, <laughs> and I'm literally dressed as the character that is on the front cover, oh. he's like, oh, He's like, well, oh, okay. then I have nothing for you, please leave. <laughs> he, he had another book, you but I just thought that nerd. was hilarious. <laughs> well, then you very... ended up on the, on the official Del Rey Instagram yeah. feed. I did, and Robin Hobbs slash whoever runs her account um, was like, hey, that's Fitzchivalry Farseer, because they didn't name drop that character in their little description. Yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, I saw all that. these characters. They had no idea. <laughs> and Fitzchivalry Farseer. They were like, we've got Arya and Eleven, and it's like, oh, and you've got Fitzchivalry Farseer. I was first, by the way. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Looking awesome. Uh, yeah, we've got we got some good uh, comments uh, on the internets about those, which I'm glad that they were like recognizable to other fans because I think like we all tried really hard to like include little details that were appreciated by people who knew what to look for. Yes, Amber's earrings were appreciated yep. on Tumblr, and the gloves, and, and the gloves, yeah, and uh, I forget. And what I things. did not put fishnet stockings on my head to paint those little scales on. <laughs> But yes, the snails were appreciated. Oh no, you really did that? Yeah. That's (laughs) I didn't know that's what you did, but that's very it did look really cool. No, it looked really cool. It's just alright. Yes. Lori Golden's cape and a little painted scales. Heart. Art. Uh, yeah, so that was that was really fun and I definitely want to wear that costume again because it was comfortable. God bless Mine's fairly comfortable, too. Yeah. And I still have to make a I jester hat, so we have to wear it again. I'm not done. Yeah. need to make more. And your own Ratsy. <laughs> and your own Ratsy. And my you own Ratsy. You can do the rat skull. Yeah, you can do creepy ah. ones. I wanted to do a little three-printed dancing rat. I don't know. Because oh. <laughs> he's, he's dancing okay. in one of the descriptions. Yeah, there's like a couple of versions of yeah. Ratsy. I wonder how many rats the fool collected, raised, I mean. killed, wrung, stripped. You know, skinned. he's into porcelain uh. and taxidermy. <laughs> he's just a, he's just a, a guy from Brooklyn. Uh, Very eclectic, sick yeah. burn. Uh, okay, so just a reminder for our next reading section: we will be taking a few weeks off before we start Assassin's Quest. Uh, it's working out to where we, if we're going to do like five or six chapters, it's probably going to be done in like seven parts. Jesus Christ. (laughs) It's a bigger book. What did I sign up for? I know. I looked at how many chapters there were when I downloaded it. I was like, fuck. 
because uh, like we could try to keep it to five, but then we're going to be doing these. I would rather do. I don't know. I, I would rather to... do smaller chapter chunks yeah. and have more recordings per more book episodes. because okay. honestly, it's taxing on my social life to try to accomplish <laughs> a lot of this. So, so that's the interesting thing I've noticed with both this, the first book and this book, the last five to six chapters are like not long yeah. where it's like this... some of these chapters take like 45 fucking minutes to read. And then yeah, at the end of the book, it's like three and a half minutes uh, <laughs> because I read the last four, including the epilogue. So like three chapters in the epilogue, I read them all in like 45 minutes on my lunch break. Whereas before <laughs> I couldn't even read a chapter on a lunch break. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yes, they are yeah. often of varying lengths. I was re- actually yeah. really so she worried. She does like the she does like this. the really quick wind down for the end of the books, like and bap, 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 and then it's done. Well, mm. because you also like at the epilogue, which sort of gives you a preview of what the next book is going to start with, right? Because the the first book ends with like oh, and then you know eventually I traveled back to Buckkeep, and then like in the entire first like chapter or two in Royal Assassin is like. And we were traveling back to Buck. Yeah. And I feel like this one is very similar. But yeah, also, I don't know how many people want to listen to us talk for like two and a half hours. I know. It's like (laughs) some of these, some of these episodes we've been posting have been so long and I'm still cut. Oh, they're so long. So yeah, in an effort to keep everything shorter and more easily digestible, I think we're going to just kind of stick to five or six episodes, five or six chapters per episode. Yeah. Just to preview the next book, I really like the chapter one. It's called Grave Birth. Yeah. <laughs> Just throwing that out Ew. there. <laughs> Grave Birth. That's a cool band name. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, just checking. Is Joey still online? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, there are 41 chapters in this next book. Oh, is, my God. It, no. is at a, it is at a brisk 758 pages. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Us. <laughs> and then there's 13 more books to go. Oh my god. Because we are we're in it now. Oh yeah, uh, I'm all right. there. I'm there. Uh so I'm gonna ask uh my new readers to sign out. Alright, you guys, it's been fun. I'm Ashley. You can find me on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. I don't really post a lot of nerdy stuff, but you can still check it out. Yeah, Joey at powerkid.exe uh, <laughs> parade stuff sometimes that I'm allowed to share. <laughs> I love that you literally said, duh, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Rachel, and you can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. And I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Jenny's Life 87 on Twitter and Faceless Spray on Instagram. And if you like what we're doing, check out the Fire and Lunch podcast for all things A Song of Ice and Fire and RTFB podcast for more sci fi fantasy reading discussions. This has been Bucky Radio. Find us at Bucky Radio on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. You can email us at Bucky Radio at Gmail. Next up is spoiler section. So spoilers. 
Okay, so spoilers. First up is our listener mail. So uh, Joni sent us a Burl, uh, <laughs> the ship name for, for Birch and Molly is, is Burly. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Yes. I have the best. And also reminded us of the horrible existence of Molly's new last name, Birch is with. Which I do not remember <laughs> No, at I hate all. it. I hate it so much. I just like, if, even, if it, even if it was like Birch wife, you know, that would be better. But it's Birch's, there's an S in there. It's possession. Horrible. Oh, horrible. Um, and then Jamie emailed us to thoroughly explain the Dragonstone forging process and the Pale Woman's ultimate motivation. So thank you for that reminder and brief. <laughs> Did you send us that? Uh, yes. I Was might that not a have. While? It might have come in right during, like right before Comic Con. Oh, I don't um, think I got that one. So I'll just yeah. be in the dark. It's most most of it is what we already know that the that this the uh, the stone is in the ship and people are put up yeah. against the stone and then that's how they're forged. Uh, yeah. But that it's the the pale woman is attempting to create her own uh, dragon. So oh, okay, that I forgot. And that's why that's why all this is happening. Got it. Um, another thing from the panel that I wanted to talk about that Eli mentioned briefly was that at one point someone asked a vague question because we were trying not to be spoilery. So shout out to all the new readers. <laughs> Uh, but that was obviously about the woman who shouts Kepit at Fitz in the marketplace in the last book. And mm-hmm. why do we never meet that person again or find out who that was? And that was when Robin Hobb was like, oh, well, sometimes shit just doesn't work out. <laughs> Which is really rough. It's like, Fitz, that was probably your mother. But um... I think it was his grandmother. Grandmother? Because she was old. Oh, was she? I can't remember. Because um, I feel like his mother, his real mother has to be dead. There's uh, some quote I remember from it's it's like somebody describing uh, Tolkien's works that I've I've heard somewhere and uh, the description is that you're you're told so much information but it's as if it's common knowledge to everyone else or as if you're never gonna you're you're never going to learn all of the information so it's like sort of spilling over the page and you'll it's you, you can't get it all. And I, in some ways, I I really like that because it does feel, it feels very real. Like in real life, you don't, you don't know everything. You don't figure everything out. Right. You know, not everything ties back up. Yeah. Not everything is a Brandon Sanderson novel. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Which is like, you know, if you want that and it's like, you really need that satisfying, like everything, everything fits into everything else kind of thing. Then like Because that. if this was a Brandon Sanderson novel... This woman would show up in the last uh-huh. book and she would absolutely play a key role in like helping <laughs> them like wake the stone dragons and <laughs> save yep. the six duchies. And yep. then I don't know, she'd probably die, but like still she'd show up and Fitz would have a moment and yeah, she would learn his true name was Kepit and it would be great. Uh, so coming up in Assassin's Quest, we have a failed tour of Pharaoh. Birch finds a gross shirt. Come to me, Starling Kettle, the White Prophet, the Skill Road, uh, a Rooster Crown, Stone Dragons, <laughs> the Shambling Corpse of Verity Farseer, more sexy body swaps, Regal's eventual defeat, and poetically, it is very parallel to his brothers, and then Fitz retiring at 22. Speaking of Starling, I yeah. did like that she- during the panel, Robin Hobb was like, originally Starling was male. <laughs> yeah, especially considering Starling's got all these hang-ups about the fool. 
And Starling and Fitz have a thing at some mm-hmm. point. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was not brave enough to stand up and be like, so let's talk about the, the gay stuff. Like, yeah. Well, on. I thought it was interesting that she talked about how, because, like, Anne Girl asked about the fool's yeah. gender, and Robin Hobb was like, oh, happy accident. And I was like, yeah, yeah she didn't like, intend, I didn't intend like, to do any of this stuff. writing. It just was inclusive because it just was. And I was kind of like, I don't believe you. Like, I love these books and I just feel like it is more, she writes, it's, she does not write this story as if it is one-sided. She just doesn't. I just, I don't, I would really love to pick her brain about it because I, really, I don't, I don't feel like she, I don't feel like she intended it, but obviously like it. It's there for a lot of people. Like, maybe she didn't intend it, but that's what the fits in her mind wanted. Like, I, I, and <laughs> She I mean, did I, say that they take over sometimes. They take over. And I, and I really, I like what you say to, like, pick her brain. Because, like, I also don't, like, I don't want to be antagonistic about it. I just want to have, like... No, I just want to know, like, Yeah, like, I just want to know. I just, like, even if it's complicated or messy or, you know, like, or not, or not a satisfyingly clear answer. Right. I just... I just, I mean, I know she says some of the things that she says because it's just not, she can't be like, well, I wanted him to have this unrequited love because of this, this, you know, like, cause it's not, there's a lot of it that isn't unrequited and. You had a question. What is the architect's love life like? <laughs> right. Like, who, well, it also, that kind of, that also sort of like makes me think too, because if these characters are based on kids and her kids friends in a way like not one-to-one obviously but if there are people who she looked at and thought oh there they are sort of sort of yeah then it's it becomes like much harder to ascribe motivations and histories that are not on the page i don't know it was an interesting comment for sure. Yeah. But I yeah. was not, I did not want to like start shit in the Robin Hobb panel to stand no. up and be like, so you I wrote mean, a queer character and then you've said some things where like maybe it wasn't explicitly queer, but like it's queer. There's like, also, <laughs> and so she made it seem like in that panel that a lot of the things that I thought maybe like Molly and other things were not meant to be from the beginning. She made it. She, she made it. Red skirts, red herring. She made it. She made it seem like everything was pretty well thought out. The way it ended up is was pretty well thought out from the beginning. Um, well, I feel like the story started in a different place for her, but then she quickly sort of. Well, you know what? Actually, I thought was interesting was when she was talking about the fool, and she said, "Well, first of all, that she said the fool was supposed to just be like one sentence, and then yes. just working in the background, and then, and then the fool would shut up." A very interesting character, and you couldn't. You had that to talked a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I also thought it was interesting when she talked about Amber. Yeah, and that Amber wasn't the fool at first. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> she, <laughs> and she realized, like, oh, that's why this character is very. That was a, that was that comment made me so happy because she was like, I was having a lot of problems with Amber, and Amber wasn't working, and then I realized it was because I wasn't being honest with myself about who, who this character was and and it was the fool and but of like course you, she said that in a way where she wasn't saying that in the panel because there were new readers right, and she right, didn't right. come out and say amber is the fool but we all knew what she meant and right. like 
But it's, well, I also think it's interesting because, like, the, the gender stuff is not... It's not like she wrote Amber as the fool and that's where the gender stuff came from. Like, the gender right. stuff is it's already a conversation the in the yeah. very beginning, yeah. which I find interesting. And Fitz's relationship with the fool is very... You know, they mesh very, very well, even early on. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, clearly much better than even Molly or anyone else that he encounters. Well, the, just the the way she writes certain lines, like, it is there. Like, that's why, I don't know, that's why I think it would be interesting to have a conversation with her. I yeah. want some of what you're having, but not from you. Not from you. <laughs> uh... The other question I would have loved to have asked her, which I couldn't have because of spoilers, was just about Night Eyes. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. And the fact that, like, oh, you know, like, you kill him off here, but you bring him back, basically. Yeah, like, you killed him, but then you realized... Like, oh, he's a great character. He's a great character. I'm going to keep him. Uh, That and that... um, uh, The other question that I thought would have been funny, but people had much more insightful questions, was I was going to be like, so tell me about Motley. (laughs) (laughs) Because I just just don't think Motley's a freaking bird. yeah, I don't know. It was a really nice it was a really nice panel and she had a lot of nice things to say and I think especially when cuz I knew I knew Anne was going to like ask about the fool and that we were going to kind of get a guarded answer because she is very guarded about that because mm-hmm. I think for her like she was right. She she I think she was being truthful when she said I didn't intend to like sit and say I'm going to write an inclusive character right like and I think that's I that feels very much like an authentic answer to me and yeah I mean in some ways I think it's better it is better I think I think she was like by especially when she said oh you know the physicality was based on my son's friend like I'm like okay so you wrote you wrote an inclusive world because you lived in one like Right. You know, like, I'm I'm going to assume that this person was gender fluid or, or queer in some way that, like, because she, she was very, like, kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek about saying, well, his physicality and the way he spoke mm-hmm. and his biting wit. And I'm like, okay. Like, you wrote... You wrote a world, and that's the way that it should be. You should, you should populate right, you should your world. you should sit down and be like, I'm going to write this, you know, gender fluid character because that's a thing. Right. I mean, and it wouldn't have been in you know the '90s anyway. So right, and 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 I also think that it, it. I think that's really important too for her to say because I think some of the criticism that you'll see sometimes of the fool, particularly, is that the gender flip stuff is really just there to create a tension, like like a like a no homo kind of tension, and that if you are not if you don't read the character as gender fluid, you're just reading it as a male character who poses as a woman in order to confuse people, you know, like it's kind of like what Starling says in the next book where she's like, I think that I think something's fucking, I think he's fucking with you. Um, so I like, I, I think that was important for her to say because the fool is Amber. The fool is Lord golden. The fool is beloved. Like, it, they're not just roles; they're self-expression. Right. So, um, anything else? That's a solid place to end. Okay, cool. Uh, then I will see everybody back 
for Assassin's Quest. <laughs> and I will have a voice by then because time's going to go Unless you <laughs> go to another con. Uh, oh, gosh. Please, please, no more. No more cubs. <laughs> I have gotta to go to Halloween. <laughs> I was going to say, I have Halloween in two weeks, so I may, I don't know. Maybe I won't have a voice. <laughs> <sighs> my flu shot. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.